Hello, I'm Jade. And I'm Becky. And this is How to Not Get Killed. So, um, well, first of all, thank you everyone to who listened to the first episode. I, we were like pretty overwhelmed with the responses we got, and it's pretty cool. Pretty cool. All two of you, you <laughs> made all my one day. and a half of you guys. <laughs> <laughs> we were just extremely overwhelmed, and just it's so crazy being famous now. <laughs> so basically, I've hired a SWAT team to follow me around. Uh, just kidding. <laughs> oh my gosh, there's a Cadillac sitting outside, so don't get any ideas. Oh. Yeah, so I don't know. It was really cool. Like we got a lot of cool responses from you guys and we're just really thankful. So even if like only 10 of you guys listen to this, we don't care. We're having fun and yeah, that's pretty much it. Um, One thing we wanted to touch upon was we tried uploading that intro. I had a few people message me asking where this so-called intro was that we mentioned (laughs) at our, our beginning of our first episode. And um, we had sound issues, so it doesn't technically exist. So we're just going to, you know, briefly Give you touch. the rundown. Yeah. No, yeah. So um, in the intro, we just talked about what we plan to cover in our show, which is mainly serial killers, cults, paranormal activity, all the cool, fun, spooky stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Anything you want to add to that, Jade? Or I mean, that's pretty <laughs> much it. Uh, we just kind of want to offer an array of different types of things. Uh, I'm definitely super into like the paranormal spooky stuff. Uh, so I definitely want to cover a lot more of that, that sector mm-hmm. <laughs> of scary. Um, and uh, def- definitely Becky's into the cult stuff. Oh, so oh, fuck yeah. we needed to get into that and cover that. Um, um, yeah. Yeah. We also like really want to dive into like the psychology behind, you know, what drives a serial killer and what also drives someone to like start a cult, etc. Um, we're often going to try to like definitely not defending any serial killers, but we're going to try to like explain why they might do the things that they do. Like, I feel like mm-hmm. it's, it's often like, you know, we, we want to like do respect to like any victims from any cases we ever cover. But um, we do want to try and jump into their psyche and be like, well, they obviously did this for this reason and this is what's driving them. So, yeah. Um, Just a little bit of motive, motif. Yeah, motif. A little bit of motif for your morning breakfast. Um, <laughs> I quit. <laughs> I'm already out. Like, just fire I think me I out. said I quit like 20 <laughs> times to Becky over yeah. text and I haven't done shit. <laughs> I'm like telling her things to do. And She's like, hey, Jade, so I just did that website like all by myself and I'm going to do this and do that. And I'm like, I quit. That, it's like, just it's overwhelming. It's just too much for me. <laughs> um, another thing we talked about in the intro that you guys will never hear um is trigger warnings we know a lot of podcasts have trigger warnings in every single episode right before they say something horrifying we might not do that we often forget to do stuff like that so here's kind of your blanket trigger warning we talk about a lot of scary stuff a lot of dirty stuff a lot of uncomfortable things so basically if that's not your your cup of tea here's your warning now. (laughs) Yeah, I find it's just, if you're already listening to it, I mean, even the podcasts that like we personally listen to, 100% support that they do it. Some people need the trigger warning. Mm -hmm. Uh, But personally, we feel, you know, if you're listening to this podcast, like listen to the title, it's how to not get killed. You know, there's going to be some gory stuff in there. Mm -hmm. Uh, So this this will be that one trigger warning. I mean, unless it's something like absolutely crazy in some crazy case that we get into. 
mm-hmm. it might offer a warning, but yeah, this is the, this is that. Yeah. We'll be as sensitive as humanly possible. Also, too, but we're literally the most desensitized <laughs> human beings ever, yeah, and we're I think we scared. <laughs> Yeah. scare everyone in the family and around us anyway yeah. whatever um also too i will put like a content warning in all of the show notes so if you want to just like read that over before listening to an episode that will be helpful for you if you are someone who mm-hmm. feels it necessary which we totally understand um another thing we covered in our intro was our relationship to one another so if you have no idea who jade and i are don't worry about it. <laughs> it's a secret. None of your, never- <laughs> your freaking business. Yeah. Mind your own fucking business. Um, no, uh, Jade's actually my uh, younger sister-in-law. I'm, you know, in a relationship with her older brother. And Disgusting. I know. I'm, <laughs> I, I'm pretty gross. <laughs> no, uh, we've been basically like as close as sisters can possibly be ever mm-hmm. since the day I met her. She's a little pile of shit and I love her. So fuck you jade <laughs> that's it well i was gonna say something nice but i guess not now Jeez. yeah i yeah, mean becky you're not very nice to each other um it's how we show love okay yeah. like i know that i know that sounds so cringy to be like oh we're just quirky and different like that and we're just we, oh my god we're just we so call weird each other like funny name like no we're actually just like rude to each other no. like not even like oh you're so stinky no like we're just rude to each no, other Jade's and call literal each other water out trash <laughs> on our bullshit so yeah anyway mm-hmm. so that's that's that um so yeah i guess should we just jump right into yeah let's i mean let's just get it started this is definitely a this is going to be a long one. I also sure. don't know anything about this. Like actually zero about that. I didn't even hear about this person until you told me the name. So I know. I mean, I feel like definitely I'm just a fake fan of this stuff. And I, yeah. So anyway, go ahead. I'm going to stop talking. All right. Yeah. Shut up, Jade. <laughs> um, yeah. This is a big case. I feel like a lot of people probably either know about it or have never heard about it. It's one of those like in the middle. There's been movies made about her. I'm assuming you already know the case because you've read the title of the episode. <laughs> um, but today we are covering Eileen Warrenos. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. I don't know. I like... um, Drew, add that sound effect. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I, I don't even know where to begin with her. So, yeah, she's been kind of like, I don't know, like labeled the like world's first female serial killer, which isn't actually true. She's not the first. I, I need to still look up who the first is, but she is certainly not the first, nor is she, nor is she the most gruesome. She's, you know, she's had her fair bouts with the law. That's for sure. But let's jump right into Eileen. She was born on February 29th, 1956, which if you don't know, the 29th of February is a leap year. Oh, so mm-hmm. she's like 12. Cool. Yeah. So she's actually... Yeah. Spoiler alert. She is no longer on this earth anymore. She was executed. We'll get there. Don't worry. Um, this will also likely be two parts. Well, it'll certainly be two parts. I'm going to try and wrap it up. I in really two. hope <laughs> this is not going to be one part. I can't make no. it. No. Oh my God. It's no. Um, yeah. So Eileen was born to 14 year old Diane Warrenos. Oh, shit. 14's real young. I mean, I'm not judging anybody. But got her period and was like, boom, baby. <laughs> First baby. <laughs> um, yeah. And her father was 19-year-old, quote unquote, handyman, sexual pervert, and child molester, Leo Dale Pittman. Okay. Um, yeah. So we're off to a really good steamy start for Eileen already. Sounds like a great young man. 
Yeah, you know what? Like, if at 19 you are, like, literally quoted as already being a child molester, it's we got honestly problems. like that... Yeah, that threw me off for a second. Because whenever you hear that, you automatically think someone older. You don't think a 19 year old do you yeah. know it just in my head yeah i like, mean like we'll th- get into him yeah for a those are bit. just <laughs> those are just my thoughts like that's what my brain goes to that's just stereotyping for you right i know because like when i was like first started researching i was just like oh okay child most wait he was 19 yeah i imagine him to be like in his mid 50s to 60s yeah um so eileen has one older brother named keith um i for some reason was never able to find his age it was always just kind of like a slew of mixed information oh so Eileen has a total of seven victims. However, she's only charged with six. In this episode, we're going to cover the first murder. And that's it because it is the most controversial. So we will get there. But let's start with Eileen's history. So Leo and Diane, her parents, are kind of noted as having an extremely, like, I don't know, aggressive relationship. Maybe aggressive is not the right word, but... um tumultuous is a good word to say for the relationship like they I'm going to need a dictionary (laughs) definition of that one please um I just like bumpy I guess okay like turmoil tumultuous it's like potholy okay (laughs) like not secure not secure I mean what relationship when you're 14 is secure especially when you have children already so I'm pretty sure I was scared of boys at that age like boys still have cooties to me so yes yeah um yes <laughs> so yeah some some pay tribute to their super young ages as being the cause for that which obviously like we just said um so leo had actually ditched diane just a few months before she gave birth to eileen so oh. yeah which is kind of sad because eileen never knew her genetic father which honestly like before we get into this next little like sentence here probably like a good thing i think okay um yeah So shortly after Eileen was born, Leo was actually jailed on the capital charges of kidnapping, raping a seven-year-old child, and taking her across state lines. This is Eileen's dad? Yes. Okay. Okay. birth father. Yeah. Okay. So there's discrepancy on where he served his time, but the most common one I was able to find was that he served his sentence in uh, Kansas and Michigan mental hospitals. Uh, It wasn't like certain which one, whether it was Kansas or Michigan, it was just Kansas and Michigan. So maybe he did like a split sentence. I don't know how that works. Um, So yeah, he was in a mental hospital for his uh, capital charges of, you know, raping a minor, which is so horrifying for that little girl. Um, So sometime in 1971, while Leo was serving his time, he actually fashioned a noose and hanged himself. I was going to ask like, yeah. What I, I was going to jump real far ahead and be like, whoa, did she end up in jail with her dad somehow? No, anyway, that would have been wild. That's what I was. I was like, whoa, that would have been super crazy. And that's what I thought you were getting to. But I was like, no, that's just we're jumping way too way far too ahead. Far. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, continue. Um, well, I, I feel like maybe here there's like some kind of like genetic background to having like kind of like a criminal background in your life mm-hmm. with the way her dad was behaving like even prior to like being charged and serving his sentence like he already had like a record right yeah of being known as a child molester so I'm, I'm kind of wondering like obviously he had hits before that like that's that's just my assumption yeah so there isn't actually a lot said about Eileen's childhood ranging from the age of one to four um she never knew her father, so maybe that kind of plays into some of her personal conflicts later on in life. But, I mean, who really knows? 
Um, yeah. So in 1960, when she was four years old, Diane, which was Eileen's mom, okay. uh, called up her parents. So Eileen's uh, maternal grandparents. Okay. Um, asked, you know, can you babysit Eileen and Keith? Um, oh, you know. so, okay. So she had like grandparents, like a relationship with her grandparents. Yes. Okay. Yes. Uh, yeah. Well, you'll, you'll see. Oh, oh. <laughs> um, <laughs> so Diane, you know, with the approval of the grandparents, yeah, we'll babysit them for the night. Come on over. Diane drove over with the kids, dropped them off. And then just a little bit after dropping them off, she left. She called her mother, Eileen's grandmother, um, in tears and said that she'll never be returning for the kids. Nice. Yeah. Had so. a feeling that was coming. Yeah. Um, yeah. I got PTSD reading that from all the times you've just dropped Boone off at my doorstep and <laughs> left and said you're never coming back. So. <laughs> I'm going out. I don't know when I'll be back. Watch him. Weeks <laughs> later, I'm still babysitting your dog. <laughs> okay. Like, I'm kidding. I went through a phase. <laughs> I'm kidding. Um, I literally get separation anxiety at work. Anyway, continue. Oh my God. Uh, yeah, so, uh, yeah, um, Diane is regarded as saying that both Keith and Eileen were crying often and very unhappy babies, so she said that due to the racket from the two of them and her not being able to financially support not only herself but her children, um, as a single teen mom, that's kind of what drove her to drop them off at her parents' house. Hmm. I, I kind of want to empathize with her if I'm, like, what, 14, 15, she would be, like, 17 at this point. I mean... Not to say I get it, but like just just having Boone, like raising my puppy Boone. Boone is a year and a half and he's a Cocker Spaniel. So not the same as two children. Do you remember? I literally used to sleep on the kitchen floor when Boone would sleep. Like if anyone looked at me the wrong way, I would snap at them. And if someone told me I was doing something wrong with Boone, this was like the first week of having him. I had a complete meltdown. So personally, like I literally would like take Boone and be like, come on, we're going outside away from these people, these judgmental people. But like, honestly, lack of sleep, like, and being that young and going, like, she's going through, like, she's going through it. You yeah. know what I mean? The like, really important. That's a young age. Yeah. So I'm not saying, like, yeah, totally cool she did that. Makes so much sense. No, But, no. like, I get it. I mean, if you're that at the, that much of a weak point, like, you're you going to rely on, you know, your parents. Yeah. And, and times back then, too, like, they were in, like, a really, like, not that, like, well-off area like hard to find a job like she's by herself you know she probably just wanted to start a fresh life she got abandoned she she does come back later on for like bits and pieces but interesting not not in a good way really like we'll get there we'll get there so now we are gonna jump to eileen's grandparents they were laurie warrenos who was a worker in the Ford factory, and Britta Wornos. Uh Britta's first legal name is actually Eileen, but spelled with an E. Um, she does go by Britta, though, and thank God, because that would have gotten extremely confusing. Yeah. To be like, Eileen, Eileen. Eileen with an extra E. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, her, Lori and Britta are Eileen's grandparents. On Friday, March 18th of 1960, they had officially o- adopted both of Diane's children, Eileen and Keith. Um so Laura, Lori and Britta actually also had three children of their own, uh, Barry being the oldest son, another Lori. Thankfully, that person <laughs> does not come back and I don't have to mention them <laughs> that again. That is the only other time they will be spoken Not that they of. don't exist, but I'm don't mention them again. <laughs> and of course, Diane, which is, you know, the kid's parents. So was she the youngest, Diane? I believe so. Okay. I couldn't find age records for them. but And I you believe- couldn't find age records for the oldest brother, eh? It was like a matter of like, 
two to three years difference, Between... but it varied. Like every source I saw, I could I couldn't narrow down. Like, yeah. An exact okay. Birthday. Okay. Um, which is weird. I don't know why. Maybe I. I found I found trouble. Like I find trouble finding accurate age mm-hmm. descriptions when doing case research. Yeah. Can't speak. Anyway. Um. So they grew up in a small one-story ranch in Troy, Michigan, which sits off of Interstate 75, also known as the Dixie Highway. Um, we're going to hear a lot about this later on, more so in part two, um, because this kind of becomes like an important location for Eileen's life and murders. <laughs> hint, hint. Okay. Um, it's noted by neighbors and Eileen herself, um, as she wrote like a lot of her own like literature about her life and kind of like helped Right. Write her own story, essentially. Um, that the Warrenos family, mainly by Lori's leadership, they kept to themselves and they kept neighbors at an arm's distance and they are noted as minding their own business and expecting others to mind their own as well. Um, Eileen's childhood, although not the most dramatic, like initially, like the first four years we've ever heard of, it's definitely one for the books. Um like six and up is when it gets real dark for her so right the the first six years were kind of cool and breezy for her and then after that it's like i i wouldn't wish this upon any kid um it seems a little rough anyways so um when eileen was six years old um her and keith were setting fires one day and playing with lighters and lighter fluid yep. as kids as kids do like believe it or not kids do that i remember like playing with lighters when i was like maybe 10 and oh. being like oh hell yeah i'm gonna burn this pen it's gonna be hilarious and like you carry a light around and you're like yeah i'm, I'm cool. cool i'm mysterious do i smoke cigarettes do, do I, I, light- I smoke cigarettes no but i'm gonna carry no, this lighter anyways look, look like i do so <laughs> so yeah they were um playing with all that kind of good fun stuff and eileen actually suffered some pretty rough facial burns which left some permanent scarring oh this i want to see I'm going to look up a picture of her. Sure, I just want to see what she looks like. Yeah. Um, you know what? Actually, she like in her younger years, she's actually, I'd say like rather pretty. Like, How do you youth, even say her last name? Uh, Warrenos. War- How do you spell that? W-O. Oh, yeah. W-U. Sorry. U-O-R. It should pop up. I really put you on the spot there, yeah, eh? Jesus Christ. Me spelling. I'm like, um, X, Y, Z. Okay. She's so. a little scary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She gets scary. Uh, she looks like she could fuck someone up. Yeah, we'll get there. We'll get there. They've compared her to a Disney star here. Like what? Oh, that person's actually going to be playing her in a moving movie coming out. Oh, I don't she's know. That cute. Actress, yeah. You know what? That makes sense. <laughs> All right, put your photo away, Pedro. Okay, sorry. I'm listening. I just wanted to see you, bitch. All right. Lori was a really heavy drinker and known to be super physically intimidating to Eileen. Um, I, I'm really not sure if he behaved this way to Keith and the other children, but um, Lori had often, like quite frequently, forcibly bent Eileen over naked on the kitchen oh. table and beaten her with a leather belt. Okay. Did um, not think that was going there. No, I thought it was going we're getting much dark worse. now. I said okay. six and up. We're getting dark. Okay. We're continue. Dark, <laughs> um, yeah. So he, like, that's, that's rough. Like you're you're roughly six and you're getting like, beatings quite regularly in the nude it wasn't just like okay you've yeah done that's something just bad. that makes it weird not yeah. that the beating part isn't weird on but its back, own but back then though spankings yeah. were normal like i mean like that would have been normal if she wasn't if nude. she was clothed and yeah. it was like okay you did something bad tap tap you know yeah. not that we're justifying child abuse in any way but no we're just talking about how Back the times have it, changed. Yes. <laughs> um, I hate how careful I have I know. I'm to like, be. oh my God, I have to dance around certain things. Um, yeah. So 
Uh, Lori also actually made Eileen, quote unquote, ritualistically clean the leather belt that he used to beat her with, um, with saddle soap and conditioner, like almost daily. I don't Um, like that. Yeah. So she had, it was, I guess, hanging on her bedroom door so that it was always like visible to her that she would be like getting this. Damn. Okay. That's like a real power move. Um, Yeah. That's like some intimidation to the max there. Yeah. Anyway. There there were times that Eileen had herself noted that Lori would have Eileen lay face down, spread eagle naked on her bed for these whippings. Um, And then he would also scream belittling phrases at her all along the lines of you're worthless. You should have never been born. And I guess his one in particular, you ain't even worth the air you breathe all while beating her repeatedly. Hmm. Um, so that's, that's pretty rough to go through. Um, yeah, that sucks. That, that really fucking sucks to go through. Like, was the grandmother, um, aware of this? Um, I don't know about her awareness. I'd imagine. Yes. Uh, we'll get to some of that in the trial in part two. Okay. Um, because some of the other siblings make statements and then kind of go back on their statements. Mm. We'll get to that. But okay. um, uh, Britta is noted as being kind of the like more calming presence in the house. But also back then, too, it was kind of like the man's leadership. was. Yeah. And you just like hush hush as the wife. Yeah. You don't really fight it. It's this is the like punishment that needs to happen. And you maybe and just try and make up for it by being the nice one in the household and giving them that escape. Yeah. But, like, kind of imagining that. At the end of the day, it's what he does goes, I guess. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, so an old friend who I guess rode the same bus as Eileen, like to and from school, was quoted saying that Eileen always had bruises on her arms, cheeks, and chin. Um, when I read that, I was kind of like, well, those are like visible spots. Like, I'm imagining that there was like more bruises elsewhere. On her back, her butt, but, her yeah, legs. Her stomach even. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it would be like a safe assumption that they were just like everywhere um, since the lashings were like so frequent. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. Um, it's, it's pretty well documented that Eileen was extremely sexually active at a really young age. Uh, we don't know the exact age she became sexually active, but it was really young. She also, I don't like this part. This is like one of those things that like makes my stomach turn, but, um, she claimed on several accounts that, um, her brother would have sex with her. Keith? Yes. Ugh. Yeah. Uh, incest is like one of those few things that like when I like hear about it, I'm literally like, and it's just shitty because it's like you would hope that like the siblings stick together mm, yeah. in that house that's not cool yeah um you'd hope that they just like stick up for each other and together and to hear that just yeah. sucks i um, wasn't expecting that okay yeah um yeah i i i did look to see if there's any like history of like any kind of like mental health diagnosis that might like cloud any of their judgments on yeah. stuff like that but um yeah i couldn't really find anything i'm gonna keep looking obviously but yeah a lot of people try to dispute that but there were a lot of school friends that had come forward saying that they know this to be true and i guess often saw it at parties etc oh um, jesus yeah at parties what yes yes parties we're getting into that now <laughs> oh god how old are they now um right now they're like roughly 10 Okay, and then in the partying phase we're moving to, they'll be roughly 
Do you know? Uh, 14 about. Okay. We're, we're getting there. Like, I'll, I'll remind you of their ages. Partying at four. Like, I was doing nothing. I know. At oh, my 14, God. At 14, I was a fucking loser. <laughs> I was playing Sims just, like, by myself. Right? I was, like, making my Sims have yeah. sex in the bed or something. Like You pervert. <laughs> like, that was the only thing I knew. I was like, yeah, I'm going to have 18 babies. Yeah, like, I'd this always is just, fun. I'd always just make myself and I'd make myself have, like, a really, like, rewarding car- career and, like, work out all the oh, time while I'm eating cheetos i'm like fuck yeah she's so hot that's like the definition of you being an independent woman from the start i would like pick like a celebrity i liked at the time of being like 12 and then make them my husband and then have like 18 kids with them you're like yeah i'm 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 married to i would just trap them literally (laughs) like honestly if you looked at my history it would be like i don't know fucking harry styles from one direction or something Uh, pretty sure all right yeah um so where am I now? Yeah. So she had, uh, oh, it was um, after she had her first face burn issue. Right. She had told police that, um, that uh, like her and her brother were having sex. And I guess that's when like the whole like rumor started of it not oh. being true. She So I think she did of try to. not being true? Yeah. Like, so people tried to say it wasn't true. People did back her up. There's discrepancy there. Yeah. Um. So we're going to move on. Um. It's said that Eileen was kind of a loner amongst her peers from school and neighborhood kids and all that. Um, at the parties that all the kids would go to, all the other kids would like sit around kissing and cuddling, you know, like. Okay. You know, well, like, you know, weird. When, you know, when you go to like your first like boy girl party and there's like seven minutes in heaven or like spin the bottle. I feel like, like we didn't. Okay. Do that. I feel like your generation didn't, but like my generation and earlier definitely did stuff like that where it would be like. We're going to try alcohol for the first time and I'm going to kiss a boy tonight. We're like, play spin the bottle while my mom goes to the bathroom. Yeah. <laughs> Quick. Quick. So it like that kind of vibes. Like, like I think they were called like kissing parties or something like that. I, I oh. don't know exactly. Like it, it was a thing back then. Okay. This is before Tinder, Jade. Like, Bro, like you had to like actually go out and meet people. <laughs> oh my God. Honestly, I actually could never under the K. I'm not even going to. Sp- I'm not even going to spin. <laughs> speak on that because <laughs> i don't want anyone to be able to have shit on me that listens everyone to has shit on you <laughs> like, i'm not even like all right all right back to eileen back to eileen so apparently at these parties no boys wanted to kiss eileen and i feel like that kind of put like a huge blow to her self-esteem watching all the other girls getting kissed and cuddled on and you know she's yeah. the girl that has face scarring and you know um but, scars to your so they, they wouldn't be sweet on her. Uh, but in that same breath, it's said that the boys would, in fact, pay for sexual favors from her. Um, there is no documentation on what kind of sexual favors. I'm I'm going to imagine like it wasn't necessarily full blown intercourse, but maybe it was like oral or hand stuff. I'm not entirely sure. It was just listed as they'd pay for sexual favors. Interesting. And that was that. Um, okay. So they paid for these favors with cigarettes. So they'd give Eileen cigarettes and she would nice. easy act. Um, she became known as the cigarette pig. Aww. And the cigarette bandit. 
That one's funny. Woof. I laughed when I heard cigarette pig, not at Eileen, but just at the word cigarette pig together. And I immediately like thought like, oh, this is going to be a new fun like, name I would, for like, Nate. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> When he comes over God. asking for smokes, we're just going to be like, you cigarette is that, pig. Is that the nickname yes. you're telling me about? You cigarette pig. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Nate, if you're listening, you're the cigarette pig. Nate is my brother and Becky's brother-in-law. He and also gets ripped on. We love it. It's good. We're he's the cheese bandit the cheese. and the cigarette. That's why pigs. I was like, okay, the cigarette bandit can't work. He's already the cheese bandit. <laughs> <laughs> this guy breaks into her house in the middle of the night, just takes bites out of cheese. He doesn't even cut it. Leaves. He just takes bites. Because he's a savage. Who, like imagine opening up your block of cheese to make some like fresh macaroni and cheese and there's a full bite. Just bite out of a the cheese. Like missing. he's literally you can see his a teeth dad formation. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> like this isn't a child. This isn't my baby brother. Like he's everyone. a full blown adult <laughs> this is my He's the oldest brother. of all of us <laughs> oh my god i love that man all right so then around age nine eileen suffered more facial burns from a chemical explosion that eileen and one of her friends had accidentally set off accidentally it claims it was an accident okay, okay. I, I mean i'm, I'm following my to dispel things yes right? yes <clears throat> she was actually hospitalized from this explosion she was worried she would be deformed looking for the rest of her life um, the scars did slowly heal over time, but there's definitely some faint, obvious scarring that had remained on her face. So when you see those pictures and you kind of see like the dents and stuff in her face and like the tightness on her forehead, yeah. I think that's from burning. That's her face. It, it just looked like jagged. Yeah. is like a good way to yeah. describe it. It looked jagged. She, like a lot of people will say that Eileen was not an attractive woman. However, there are pictures of her where she is like... An attractive Quite woman. appealing. I wouldn't say she's yeah. hideous. No. She just looks like she's been through some I think shit. she just, yeah, she's been through the fucking ringer. That's yeah. for sure. Yeah. Um, but I would not say she's a bad looking woman. No. Like, I mean, and I, I dug deep and I actually found some pictures of her where I was like, okay. Oh, she's pretty. She's, yeah. she's a good looking woman. Like, I, I see why she was able to like lure some men in. Like, mm -hmm. for sure. So, <clears throat> um, yeah, so they did heal over time, but, you know, it was kind of left over. Now Eileen is 11. This is when she officially learns that her parents, which are her adoptive parents, the grandparents, um, they're actually her grandparents. Oh, she just learned that? Yes. They kept it a secret from her oh. and Keith for quite some time. Um, learning this sent her into an absolute rage, considering she already had issues and such hatred towards Lori. Yeah. This tipped the scale for her personally. She's like, this guy isn't even my dad. Y yeah. And that's kind of the thing is like, he took such a like, yeah, you know, forceful, like, he probably like, used that as a standpoint probably. behind like, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So she kind of just felt that he was like a fraud for pretending to be her father for all these years while beating her senselessly. Like, so, you know, that's kind of rough, you know, to think that these are your birth parents mm -hmm. and one day just kind of like, oh, whoops, actually, they're my grandparents. Crazy. Um, so after learning the truth, um, things sort of got worse at home as a result. Lori had actually started kicking Eileen out several times. Um, the first time being over Christmas holidays one year, Eileen was cold and alone in the snow. Um, at this time, it didn't say exactly what time she is, but given the, the like timeline, it, it would put her at roughly like 11 or 12. Um, wow. Which, like, that's that's fucking young to be kicked out. Yeah. Hearing these stories, I'm like... You're, you're thinking she's like 45, right? I'm like, oh, she's like 20? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? No, like, she's a child. Okay. She hasn't even, like, broken into her, like, preteen years. Like, get, so, like doing <laughs> sexual favors for cigarettes yes. at so young? Like, yes. how... You don't even know... Okay. 
Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. She's real young. Like having yeah. her brother have sex with her. That was always the phrasing too. I had heard everything I read. It was never she was having sex with her brother. It was always he written was, as right. He was having sex with her. So, so I, he was raping her. I, I mean, I mean no, oh. nothing other, nothing ever says the word rape, but that's how it's phrased. So I'm going to take it as it might not have entirely been consensual. Right. You might hear Becky's cat clawing oh, yeah. the frick away at this cardboard yeah. behind me oh my god yeah. well maybe not i don't know um so yeah th- that that's what happened so the first time she's kicked out it's christmas she's cold alone you know they're in michigan like i mean for anyone that lives where we live in like ontario like michigan would be just as cold as it is here in ontario didn't know over, that over christmas like, let's just across the lake really michigan's pretty close sure geography geography <laughs> learning learning <laughs> Hashtag learning. Hashtag this is school. <laughs> um, yeah, if you want like really like educational facts, definitely come to us. Like we're, we're pretty smart. We're smart. Sure. I'm just kidding. We're not. Please don't listen to us. In, like very specific fields <laughs> of really weird things. Yeah. Very odd things. So apparently while she was kicked out, she just, quote, stayed with some dude in the woods nearby. Not much other details on that. Or um, who he was. Like yeah. It was, no okay. idea. It, literally the words, some dude. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. Um, so uh, she would stay in abandoned cars the few other times that she was thrown out and kind of just look for places to sleep, which is really shitty. Like you're a kid and you're kind of just like looking for places to sleep at night and it's cold and you like mm-hmm. have no money and yeah, like. You literally can't do anything. Like, I'm not a parent, but, like, please, somebody let me know if that's the proper approach to take. I, I don't know, though. Um, yeah. I'm surprised. Just a side comment. I'll be quick. I am surprised that Lori let her go in the first place because typically in those, like, abusive relationships, he wouldn't want to let her go. He mm-hmm. was in a, a routine. Like a control. Like, a control yeah. routine with her that, like, it just surprises me that he would kick her out and be like, leave. I, I think the the motives behind kicking her out is because he was like tired of having to control her. That or being like, yeah, you think this is better? It, okay, yeah, that's actually probably true. Yeah, and be sense. like, yeah, you're gonna come running right back home because it's yeah. fucking winter it, and she literally has nowhere to stay. It sounds a lot like Lori fucking hated her though. Yeah, like okay. everything I was reading, it was just like I got the vibe like this was just like a really hateful person. And okay. You know, he just kind of like could like I fucking got rid of all my kids yeah, and then now my out. grandkids come back. <laughs> I think, I think the, the two other children were living at home though, but again, I couldn't oh. really find a lot of information on that. Okay. Yeah. Back so, to the story. Back to it. After getting like super sick of being tossed out all the time by Lori, she eventually ran away for a short period of time with one of her girlfriends named Don Botkins. Dawn goes on to be like Eileen's closest friend for the rest of her life. Like they always keep in touch. Um, Dawn kind of seems to be like that one, like, I don't know, piece of sanity throughout her entire life. Like the only support she has. However, like there are times and periods throughout Eileen's life that Dawn wasn't like necessarily easily accessible to her, which sucks because from the sounds of it, I feel like had she just stuck by Dawn, like, things could have been really different for Eileen. Maybe she would have made some different choices. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. But anyways, so Dawn is a key player and she, you're going to hear a lot about Dawn in part two. Not so much for the remainder of part one. So yeah, now we're roughly at Eileen's like preteen years, about 12, 13, 
maybe 14. She's already documented as being a seriously, seriously heavy drinker. Um, she's noted as using just about every drug possible, um, quote, mm. uppers and downers, anything that she could get her hands on. Um, there's a few reports of her waking up from drunken stupors covered in semen and not remembering what happened uh, at like 13. Like, fuck. I was going to make a joke, but like, I'm just, I'm so, I'm it's like, sorry. It's, it's like, like hard to make jokes about stuff like this. Like I we know. joke about this privately, but like. This I'm sorry. Rough. I'm yeah. sorry. I take that back. Don't listen to Jade. She's a horrible. Like just a regular <laughs> Tuesday, but like not actually. Oh, and that I'm sounds kidding. like my Wednesday morning. I just felt that was a good. Like I was like, Ah, Becky's gonna laugh at this I'd one. Laugh. Other people would be like, Ew. I know. I, I have to okay. learn to censor that. I feel like when it's children, let's not. But when it's adults, we can be like, Okay, sure. Okay, you're right. I right because you know not everybody likes joking about kids. Anyways, let's go on. Let's go. Let's go. On. Um, on Drew just another- cut that whole part out. Thank you, please. <laughs> yes, <laughs> on another occasion during a party with the other kids um, their age, a group of kids, I guess, watched as two boys picked drunk and passed out Eileen up and carried her away to somewhere private. Ugh. No one was able to recollect what happened there. But people, That's there were terrible. witnesses that she got carried away. Yeah, that um, ma- that shit makes me so mad. I know I can't. Hear it that. makes That's me so like, angry. Why didn't anyone be like, "Hey, maybe don't carry I her know. away"? And like, oh, that yeah, fumes me. Rough. Anyway, yeah, I yeah, I don't even. That's why I was just like, oh, I'm so glad I don't know the rest of what yeah. happened. Yeah. So at age 14, all of the teachers and staff at school were extremely, extremely concerned about Eileen's behavior. She's noted as never being able to concentrate. She had poor grades and attendance. However, she is noted as showing a lot of artistic talent. Which is sad because I feel like maybe like if somebody like intervened at this part of her life mm-hmm. and like gave her like an outlet, gave her an artistic outlet, she might have like been able to go somewhere. Yeah. <sighs> I don't know. And maybe give like more of a purpose to yeah. her life for like seeing that light at the end of the tunnel. I know. And because like, I feel like she hasn't really caught a no, break. No, nothing's really been simple for her. And I think I think she's at that like age where it's just like to her what's happening is is normal. She doesn't know any different, right? Exactly. So, like, when we hear this, we're like, that's rough. But, like, she's like, well, this is, like, my everyday. Yeah. What's rough about it? This yeah. is just how I live, right? Um, so, that's really sad. Um, one day at school, like, in, while she was 14, she um, lit fire to a roll of toilet paper in the washroom. Um, yeah. And a teacher's response had uh, wrote saying that it is extremely vital for this girl's welfare that she seeks counseling immediately. Which, of course, you know did what? not happen. Oh, Okay. It was advised from teachers and staff that she seeks counsel. I mean, good on them. So they tried to, I guess. Um, Instead of beating her like sometimes teachers did back then. Yeah. Well, I they were concerned for her welfare, you know? Yeah. Your grades are slipping. You're lighting fires at school. You're poor attendance. <laughs> you're like, lighting shit on fire in the bathroom. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So that obviously didn't happen. Her like adoptive parents, the grandparents, they were not about to spend money on that sort of thing. And it didn't really seem like they cared honestly mm-hmm. um so this next part that i'm gonna mention there's like three different stories about what happened with this there's some similarities between all three of them it's just really hard to narrow down the actual truth about what happened because a lot of it was covered up due to like uh, more so like embarrassment for the family's behalf so oh. i think that's why it was like hidden given the times that this happened in okay um but at age 14 eileen became pregnant i will tell the three different theories behind what happened Mm -hmm. the first is 
the one story claims that it was due to a rape that had happened while hitchhiking in the forest on her way home from a party. That's story number one. Story number two is that there are claims that she just simply got pregnant from having sex with her brother. Oh, yep. And then another, this was the most common story I had seen, but again, it was disputed constantly was that she was raped by one of her grandfather's drinking friends. Oh God. No matter which of those stories is all true, terrible. all terrible. I like, I would want none of those to happen to my 14 year old girl. Like that's just not cool. Regardless of how it happened, she was pregnant at 14, which is super rough to go through on your body physically, on your mental yeah. state, like everything. It's crazy. Like, it's just like following in her mom's steps. Yeah. Right. Like, and, and that's something I didn't even think about until you said it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so she was immediately sent to a home for unwed mothers to wait for the birth. And then she was to give her son that she eventually had up for adoption. There is no information on her son, which... I'm going to count that as like a good thing. He doesn't have to grow up with good. I hope he was protected and like his identity was, I mean, you know what? Maybe he doesn't even know. I'm going to hope not because maybe his adoptive parents have just not told him because growing up with, you know, the stigma of your parent being a serial killer for the rest of your life. Not to say that some kids don't grow up and like really like excel. Like I know we know, of serial killers children that do grow up to like write stories help victims like you can be good mm-hmm. and like excel from it but it just it can I go can't extremely imagine, bad yeah i can't imagine it being an easy life no matter what yeah um yeah uh so 1971 rolls around she gives birth and she arrives back home after the whole situation Lori is now pissed right off because now he has to deal with the stigma of having a teenager under his regime who was pregnant and that was just kind of the final push for him. It made him look really bad. Mm. Um, Yeah. He had threatened to kill both Eileen and Keith if they did not get out of his house. This caused like a large amount of turmoil between Lori and Britta because Britta was from the like sounds of it kind of trying to be reasonable and help Eileen and Keith and it sounded a lot like she was trying to convince Lori to allow them to stay. Um, I'm, I'm going to imagine that on the threats of him killing both Eileen and Keith, that the pregnancy was probably a result. Oh yeah. Why would he threaten? Yeah. Yeah. So that's why I'm imagining maybe the story has been covered up so much. That kind of makes a bit more sense. Yeah. So that's what I had kind of pieced together was that like, it was probably yeah. because of that. And if it wasn't him, at least he thought it was him. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like there is something there because it, I mean, obviously he hates them, but it's just like, why would he kick Keith out? I don't know. Yeah. Cause at the time it didn't yeah. really sound like Keith was doing anything wrong other than doing inappropriate things with his sibling. Yeah. So Britta was doing her best to keep them there. Um, and, but unfortunately like, Uh, what seems to be only like weeks after this whole like turmoil had begun, Britta had passed away. Oh, the official story. I know. It always, it always fucking happens in the movies, in the movies, in life. Like it's sad. Um, and it also gets like kind of weird, um, right here because the official story is that Britta had passed away from liver failure. Oh, which is odd because she isn't really documented as being much of a A drinker. drinker. Yeah. And like, I, I'm maybe I'm not an anatomy expert, but like, I don't know if liver failure happens that 
often to people who aren't heavy drinkers, but I don't know. Do you know I what I mean? Yeah. Like, I'm not sure how common it is. Like, I, I've heard kidney failure I can happen. Yeah, I couldn't like, speak educated. So, yeah, I'm not I'm, sure if that's, like, yeah. a common thing, but I, I don't know. Um, Diane, who is, you know, the daughter of Lori and Britta and also Eileen and Keith's birth mother, she is noted numerous times as suspecting that Lori had actually murdered Britta. Okay. There is no story other than Diane's claim about that. Like I looked because I was like, damn, that's a fucking plot twist and a half Mm -hmm. right there. But Diane in fact believes that Lori, her own father killed her mother. So, but I don't know. We're going to go with liver failure because that's what's documented. Why is failure such a hard word to say? I said, you said failure last time and I said failure. (laughs) Yeah. It's a hard word, man. (laughs) So we're going to fast forward a few years um, and a few suicide attempts later, but Lori had... Just going to skip right over those. We're going to skip right over them. Um, Lori had successfully taken his own life by gassing himself with carbon monoxide in his garage. Jesus. So I'm going to... I'm going to assume that this entire family had some kind of degree of mental health issues that were untreated because... Yeah. Like, this is a lot. Like multiple he had multiple suicide attempts and then was successful at one that's that's hard like that's I I feel like there's like a mental health aspect that's missing here that I was unable to find about any diagnosis or I mean honestly like maybe back then it's it's just not something that was even looked into right like it's hard because it wasn't it was just you're crazy like it wasn't or you were just born wrong like it wasn't the pain away like yeah like it wasn't something that was actually looked into yeah it wasn't taken seriously whereas nowadays like anything happens and we're like oh they need mental health support immediately like it's so normal now so I guess like every time I read a story I'm like well where was the mental health support (laughs) like you know what I mean it's crazy how we're like so geared towards like oh my god like sick days like you need a day off you're not feeling take some time self-care self-love yeah but we're just pussies now anyway (laughs) no you know what we're good (laughs) this is good um yeah so it was the carbon monoxide that you know successfully took his life um it was actually eileen who had found his body which would be one of the most horrifying things to find at any age. Stumbling across a family member who's taken their own life, whether they were good to you or not, that has got to do damage. I mean, even just seeing a dead body in general, yeah, when you're not prepared for it, is shocking. Did like, she just like walk into the room? I'm into assuming. the garage. Yeah. Okay. Um, oh, right, the garage. So. It sounds like she doesn't care afterwards with the next part I'm going to say, but um, maybe this is part of the mental health thing where this is her reaction to it, right? Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, there isn't really like a lot of detail on how it affected her, um, but yeah, I'm going to just like imagine. His other notable suicide attempt was that he had filled the basement with water, stood knee deep in it and tried electrocuting himself, which was unsuccessful. Yeah. These are some like next level. That's suicide. what I like, was thinking. This is going for the full like eleven out of ten. That's performance what I meant. Rating. Like, yeah, that's what I meant by like that's like crazy. That's like theatrical. Like that is dramatic. I'm so, sorry. <laughs> yeah, I was like, wow. Like, I mean, if yeah, I don't know. It, it was just shocking to read that he like did that to like in your basement. I feel like that's more work. 
Yeah, like if like I was really, a suicide attempt, I would be that because I am that dramatic. Yeah, be like, <laughs> like, I'm going to do this on like a stage I'm going to do this where everyone like, can watch. Not that suicide is a joke. You know we are how, not joking. Do about. you know how long he probably took to film? <laughs> well, that's what I was thinking too. I was like, that's that would be like a long time. Like it would be like a yeah, whole process. Because like it's going to spill outdoors. Like I don't know how big their basement might, was, but like leak through like... I don't, yeah, I don't know. I like, just like, you know, you got to fill up all the rooms. It's gonna, it's, and, and I, I have mean, no idea how big it's like forever to fill. Like, fuck, I can't even wait for a bath. Like I'll like start running a lot. I'm like, oh, fuck this. I'm, like, fuck this. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to take a shower. <laughs> side note. Suicide is not a joke. We're not making fun of that at all. Becky's going to take care of all the side notes. Yeah. I just feel obligated. Cause I know some yes. people are going to come and attack us. No, but, it yeah. is not a joke. It is not a joke. Weird. If, if you're feeling at all and that way, Please seek help. It is not a joke. So to continue, it said that at Lori's funeral, Eileen had showed up literally only to blow cigarette smoke in his deceased face hmm. and walk away. I mean, good honor. I'm sorry. I, I, I feel like if I was treated the same way, I might behave the same. Yeah. Yeah. So now we are where Eileen's officially on the loose. She's like roughly 50. 16. Wow. She is just not aging a day. <laughs> I know. I know. You keep being like, oh, she must be like 80 at this point. No, no, no. Every time you're like fast forward, I'm like, we're not fast forwarding. We're slowly walking. <laughs> towards. This is like a turtle crawl. <laughs> but it happens quick. Like it really does. Yeah. Okay. I feel like a lot happens in just a year's time for her. I feel like a lot is happening. Yeah. And like too, like, yeah, her timeline jumps around quite a bit, but it's fucking crazy. Okay. So she's 15 now. Uh, 15, 16, roughly. Like, okay. um, She's legally a ward of the court now. Um, She's dropped out of school. She's living a life by hitchhiking around and being a sex worker to earn her money. Okay. Um, Which is like, that's what she knows how to do. She previously sold herself for cigarettes. And it worked. It It worked. worked. It's what she's good at. She is good at luring people in, getting what she wants and giving what they want. It's, that's how she rolls. Um, she's bouncing around from city to city, always on the move. She did run under a few aliases. Um, there was one Sandra Kretsch, and there's another one we'll hear later. Kretsch made me laugh too. I, I don't know like, why <laughs> I just laughed. <laughs> like, it's not funny. I, like, I don't know if I'm immature. It's just a I weird think you're word. Immature. I don't um, know. It you... just sounded weird. Anyway. I heard you like, <laughs> like it wasn't even like a full laugh. Oh my gosh. Oh, um, so she was jailed in um, Colorado. Oh my God, I can't read. In 1974, under her alias of Sandra, Sandra Kretsch for disorderly contact, conduct, not contact, uh, drunk driving and firing a 22 caliber pistol from Jesus a moving Christ. vehicle. Um, when I heard that, I was like, if she... I'm ever going to fucking party, <laughs> like, <laughs> that is the that's one. That's where I'm going. I'm fucking just firing guns out of a moving vehicle. Up like, who is this chick? <laughs> she's she's a, Eileen. That's who she yeah, is. Yeah, she's a fucking cannonball of just... Fun. Sounds fun. Yeah, I don't even know how to describe her. Um, yeah, I, I don't know if she actually served her sentence or not, but additional charges were applied as she had skipped town before her trial. mm so from the years um, 1974 to about 1988 or 89, she was arrested and charged numerous times for things from robbery, driving without a license, drunk driving. Uh, she had pulled a gun on a few people. Little petty crimes. Um, demanding money. So I don't know if that was like during like a, a like an altercation with like a John where like they wouldn't pay up or something. Right. Uh, vandalism, other crimes along those lines. Most of these were done under aliases, but then all found out to be Eileen, of course. 
So now we are at where she meets a huge, huge key player in her life, um, Tyria Moore. She meets her at a Daytona gay bar. They eventually end up dating and being lovers, and they kind of just remained inseparable for quite some time. What's her name again? Tyria. Okay. That's a really pretty name. It is a really pretty name. name. (laughs) Um, Tyria, yeah, she's... We're going to hear a lot about her, especially in the trial. Um, Hmm. Yeah. So um, now we're going to get into her first victim. Okay. This is the controversial one. Um, I, I Before I get into it, I, I don't want to like say that I'm taking a side or anything because this is the one where people are like, oh no, she's for sure just a crazy serial killer maniac. But then the other story is that her story is true. Okay. That this was quote unquote self-defense. This is her story. I, I don't know. I, you can kind of take what you want. From it. Okay, so you're telling Eileen's story of it first. Uh, it's going to be like a little bit of a mixture, but this okay, is okay. like kind of her account. We're going to jump into his history just a little bit of like who he oh, is. Oh, it's a he. Okay. Yeah. For some reason, I had this idea in my head it was a woman. I don't know why I had this idea in my head it was a woman. It, no. So uh, so briefly, like, because we're going to cover all of her murders in part two, but we're going to cover this first one now. Um, there she, are men and women? No, no, oh. just men. Sorry. Um, she's since she's a sex worker bouncing around. Um, her kind of like mo is killing Johns. Okay, taking their money and leaving. Um, and saying that it was in self defense, and that was kind of like her story for almost all of them. But the first one, uh, people kind of chalk up to being as it's possible that it was self defense and not just like pure cold blooded murder. So that's where you kind of have to like, when you hear the story, it's up to you to decide whether or not what she's saying is true or if she just killed the guy for fun, basically. Shit. Yeah. Um, so first victim is Richard Mallory. Um, he was 51 years old at the time. He is an electrician and repairman who owned the shop Mallory Electronics from Clearwater, Florida. He was last seen alive by his coworkers on... November 30th, 1989. Richard was known well for closing up shop randomly and quite sporadically for like a few days at a time. He would then Hmm. go on heavy, heavy drinking binges and engage in, I quote, perverted sex all the time. Yuck. Um, I don't know what that's meant, but that's just like the account of him. Yeah. This is what he did on his benders when he would close up shop and kind of like head out of town and yeah. go on these benders. And um, he was also known for being extremely paranoid. Um, he's known as being somewhat of a loner and having no male friends to like bond with. Um, he was also allegedly involved with an ambassador's wife. I couldn't find any details on which ambassador. I'm assuming this is like some kind of secret. Okay. Um, But he would, I guess, get, like, really, really extra paranoid whenever her name would be mentioned. Um, He was so fearful to the point that um, he he had considered getting plastic surgery. And he was was worried he was being followed. um, And he thought that, like, getting plastic surgery to, like, dramatically alter his nose, um, it would be, like, with the intention of being unrecognizable, right? It would, yeah. Um, He could start clean. Clean slate. Yeah. So I, I, I don't know. Yeah. So I don't know if like 
this is the hard part I had like a difficult find a difficult time like finding information about is whether or not like the ambassador wife story is true or if maybe he had like a history of like schizophrenia or something because when I read that I was like okay well I can't find any information about this like ambassador's wife that he was so fearful of and like wanted surgery and like thought he was being followed and like people like recount him as being someone who was like paranoid all the time so Hmm. when I read that I was like well there's no like I don't know there's no story to like kind of back that he actually did have this like secret affair with an ambassador's wife right so maybe he also had some kind of diagnosis that made him so paranoid I don't know interesting yeah um so some interesting things that I would like everyone to remember is that all of these facts about Richard um like his history like his benders the paranoia everything I'm about to mention was never mentioned in the trial um he was kind of presented as being like like um not necessarily like a good goody two shoes but more so like he was known as maybe just like they just didn't do a really good job in the trial of presenting richard's actual story which might have helped eileen right with just this one particular murder okay so they just made him to seem like a normal uh, just a normal dude everyday joe like yeah regular guy oh that was my leg cracking sorry (laughs) that was my ankle just breaking (laughs) exploding for no reason um yeah so uh where are we here so yeah we're at his paranoia and um it's said that while running his shop he would hire employees specifically with the intention of having these staff catch up on the backlog of work from his benders away from work (laughs) they're the seasonal staff literally like (laughs) that's actually funny literally he would like this is so sad for those people but like he would hire people just to be like okay catch up on all these orders that like i missed while like out drinking my face off and whatever (laughs) in the job description it's like seasonal part-time uh zero to 80 hours a week (laughs) zero to like possibly 375 hours a week (laughs) um but then the second that these employees would catch up on their work, he would immediately fire them. They, oh, so yeah. as soon as they would catch up on his like yep. on his work, he'd yep. be like, Casey, I got it. Yep. Okay. Yeah. So um, he's just a piece of garbage and probably oh, employing he, these hardworking young boys yes. excited to get a job at Mallory's or whatever it is. Yeah. He's yeah, he's a piece of work, that's for sure. Um so what was also never mentioned in his trial is this in um sorry eileen's trial is this next part richard had served roughly 10 years in the maryland state mental institution for a rape conviction oh this was intentionally left out of eileen's trial wow yeah um is it because that thing where they're like oh we don't want to um something with the jury that was uh, yeah i think it was like about swaying the jury yeah like they're like, oh, we don't want to sway the jury. It's like, that is so relevant to the case. Oh, especially with the stance she had taken of what I did was in self-defense. And we'll get there. Okay, continue. We'll I get won't, there. Yeah. So this I'm is why like, I feel like, again, not I am not victim blaming or anything. This guy did not deserve to die. But yeah, we'll get there. We'll, we'll get there for sure. Um, so... Richard's business was known to be nearing bankruptcy, which raises some questions towards his lifestyle. 
um, mainly because the area he lived and worked out of was roughly about 60,000 people in population. Hmm. People had assumed his business was doing extremely well, actually, considering Richard knew his stuff, like, electronically, and he was a really good, um, he did high-quality repairs. Um, He also didn't overcharge, which is something people, like, commented on, is that he was, like, equal and fair in his, like, you know, fixing this computer or this car like it will cost you this fair amount which would draw business in especially with like such a close-knit population and you're right away gonna jump to like he's a great guy he's helped me out yeah so people thought his business were doing really well and his business was like highly regarded by people like oh go to the Mallory's like where is this money going so when wondering why a business (laughs) might be nearing bankruptcy when basically everything else is going smoothly Um, It turned out that Richard had essentially blown most, if not all, of his business's profits on quote-unquote deviant sex. Um, So he would spend most of his money on pornography, attending strip clubs, paying for sex workers, drugs, booze. The list kind of just goes on and on about how he would blow his money in his free time. Um, Yeah. Uh, So he would pay for a lot of sex workers, all that. Um, He owed a lot of money in rent arrears for his business for a total of $4,000, which if saying $4,000 now might not sound like that much money to catch but up on. back then it was a lot more. But I looked it up because I was like, okay, what does this equate to back then versus now? Now it would be roughly eight and a half thousand. I figured it was going to be like just 50%. about double or more. Yeah. yeah. So it's, like, that's a lot of money. Like, even still, it's like some people might be like, I can't 000. pull that out of my ass right now. But if now. I was in 8,000 in arrears, I'd be like, well, <laughs> fuck, fuck, I'm leaving the country. Yeah. Like, you know, and you're like trying to run a, like, it's just, you've got like a yeah. rape conviction. You got all this stuff going. Things are not going well for this dude. No. Credit card companies had shut down his accounts. Um, his business was being audited constantly. Um, you know, things just weren't looking good. Um and it was like all kind of looking into his shit now, I guess. Right. Uh, yeah. And it was like it, the like interesting part is it's all like in complete relation to how he spent his money outside of work. Hmm. Cause that was like the costly thing for him was like, yeah. And, and to, it wasn't that he just like went on benders. Like he would also like travel far for these benders, which like is noted that he would make comments like, Oh, like I can't really like, if I'm like getting like a sex worker from around here, of course, like I'm politely phrasing his words, but like if he's getting a sex worker from where he's from, he, he was known by all of the local workers. Yeah. So he treated all of them with respect. The ones that he knew, um, they all kind of knew him either by face or name. Like I guess every sex worker in the area like knew him at the time because he kind of frequented them so much. Right. Um, so he started having to go further out of town where he would be like essentially a stranger so he could treat the women how he wanted to right which was not nicely figured not nicely um he was um known as being relatively good looking uh full head of dark hair combed back he was roughly six feet tall trim figure hazel eyes just like an, an average kind of dude for the time yeah um he richard had been married and divorced five times wow um recently to his um death he um had separated from a girlfriend named Jackie. Um, he's he's known. I'm wondering if they got some of this information from pro- possibly like his most recent girlfriend. Um, but he's known to have liked abusing women. Um, I, I also had saw that he, um, sorry, that the police had like interviewed some sex workers and got information on him about this. So 
this is where some of these details come from. But um, so he is known to have liked abusing women. He liked having power over them specifically. He enjoyed tying women up, handcuffing them, biting them, and as well as, quote unquote, knocking them around. He believed that street women, sex workers, and those who flaunted their bodies were essentially asking for it and looking for ill treatment. Okay. So kind of not the mindset you want to have when like a sex worker going into like a, an agreement with this man is that he kind of sees you as just like this piece of shit, basically. Basically, he's going to treat every woman that isn't a sex worker like the way he's supposed to, but he's going to go extra hard on these girls because like he, you know what I mean? Yeah. He's got to get it out of him somehow and he's just treating them like garbage. Yeah. Um, because they're seen, I guess, as below yeah, and she, not ladies. They're seen yeah. as not ladies. Like he kind of just saw them as like, well, they're asking for it, so I can take out my like sexual frustrations yeah, and yeah. my like, you know, deepest desires on them. Um, yeah, gross. And and you know what? Like something too. Like, and maybe I'm like wrong about this, but like, if you're in like a loving, committed relationship and you have like this like degree of like respect for the person you're like engaging with, um you might actually like not want to try like things that would make them uncomfortable. So for men at the time, I feel like going to like a sex worker, it was kind of like, well, I'm paying for this. They kind of have to do what I want. It's more so about pleasing me. Exactly. Like, right. So maybe he treated his like spouse is fine. Or maybe that's why he was divorced five plus times. Like, yeah, that's I, true. Maybe I, because like he kept it cool for so long. I mean, fuck, we've, but whatever. We, yeah, <laughs> whatever. But like they keep it cool for so long until yeah. like they can't yeah. hold it back anymore, and then they crack, yeah. and then their true side yeah. spills through, and then boom, divorced. And on top of it, he has like a rape conviction that he served ten years for. Yeah, so like makes sense. Uh, so I'm just gonna chalk it up to he wasn't that great to sex workers. Yeah. And like, yeah, yeah. So December 3rd rolls around and his staff showed up to the shop to see where, see Richard not in attendance at work. They didn't think anything of it because this was kind of a regular thing for him. When I read that, all I kept thinking about was like, all of the like flighty people I know, you know how like we all have that friend who's just like, oh, you know, she just rose with the punches. Tell people where you're going. Like, because that's my fear. Well, I mean, like, like, that's kind of fucked because those people always end up being the ones who are who dead get murdered. for days. They always right? get murdered. I it's swear, every fucking people. victim. Right? Okay, that's a lie. But <laughs> every victim. Like, it's always like, oh, she was just like super flighty and like spontaneous. So no, have an agenda. Write down where you're going okay, at well, all Becky, fucking times. we're not psychopaths well, like you. Okay, that's very true. I'm like insane. But at the same time, if I go missing tomorrow... You guys are going to fucking know exactly where I've been for the last 24 hours. Just look hours. at the, to the exact minute in her agenda right? and it'll be there well, where that, she is. That's what I always think when I hear about these things where it's like, the person was missing for 17 weeks and no one noticed. And it's like, how? How? Well, I mean like loners and stuff. That's possible. But that's what I'm saying. Have friends tell people where you're going. Like, <laughs> don't be one of those people that like no one can keep track of you. Yeah. You know? But maybe they want it. Maybe they want it. But then you're going to end up dead. Well, maybe that's a risk that, you know, he was willing to that's take. That's a fucking risk and a half, man. <laughs> like, don't I mean, leave these wildlife. He was out being a piece of shit anyway, so. It's true. It's true. It's true. <laughs> it's true. 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 It's true.
true. Not saying he deserved he it. He didn't deserve to die, but like also tell people where you're going <laughs> at all times. Even if you're like, I'm just going to go on a bender for three days, but I'll be back at this time. I'm going to go on a bender and have a bunch of fucking sex. I'll be, be back. Awesome. <laughs> but then that's the thing. Give people But these like, are my coordinates. And if anything happens. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's the thing is I feel like if I was ever to go on like a really like outrageous bender, I would still be like, okay, I'll be back at Thursday at 3 p.m. <laughs> exactly. I like, feel like dudes, unless they have girlfriends or a boyfriend, like they don't. They don't tell people where they are. Like yeah. even I'm just thinking of Drew, for example. Yeah. I feel like he wouldn't like if he went out yeah. and like, let's say you were out of the picture. Yeah. OK. Yeah. He, me out of the picture. Drew. Yes. <laughs> me in the picture. Drew's like, Becky, I will be back in That's precisely what I'm saying. half an hour. Yeah. But I'm saying like if you weren't like he doesn't think about safety because guys don't think about that as much as girls. I don't think even about think, that safety aspect. Like not that it's safety. But I don't think it's a safety aspect. I think it's more so like I'm just going to live my fucking life. Yeah. Like. You know, he's like, I'm going to the fucking bar tonight by myself. Bar. Going by myself. Hit up the bar. <laughs> going to the same bar, go to old time. Old time. <laughs> old village, anyway. Old village. Old V. Oh my God. All right. So, yeah, all his coworkers thought, it, like, ah, old, you know, reliable Richard not showing up for work. They did not think anything of it. Right. Apparently, no one even knew he was missing until police officers had shown up to his shop to say that they had found Richard's abandoned Cadillac outside of Daytona. Um, so if you're unfamiliar with like the geographical side of things, Daytona is a roughly like a two and a half hour drive from Clearwater, which is where he's from. Oh, my God. No way. He's from Clearwater. I've been there before. Yeah. Okay. We've like driven past it yeah. on our like trips to Florida. Like, yeah. So. Cool. Yeah, roughly two and a half hours away. So that's alarming for them to be like, oh, his abandoned car two and a half hours away? Interesting. Um, reportedly from the officers that had given this news to the staff, no one, quote unquote, gave a rat's ass. <laughs> that's also another thing. Have friends, have people care if you go missing. Like I heard that and I was like, no one gave a rat's okay, ass. Okay, now you're changing me. your, now you're changing your, have friends, okay? Just have friends, tell them where you're going. Fuck the organization. <laughs> Can you just make friends? Yeah, fuck. <laughs> both, be both people. Okay, so on Thursday, November 30th, um, oh, I don't have the year here. I'll get that. Richard hits the road to head to Daytona Beach. Um, he was noted as confiding in a customer um, at her shop prior to this as to needing to get out of Clearwater with all of these people gossiping behind his back, mainly about his record um, and his like deviant behavior with sex workers. So he wanted to get out of town so that he could do that elsewhere without the gossip getting back to him right um yeah so he said that he enjoyed heading to places where his nose was essentially clean and the sex workers didn't know who he was um he made comments about being able to do as he wishes out of town um so he's driving on i interstate four the weather was complete shit it's raining like crazy um and then he gets stuck in a brutal traffic jam uh it was caused by actually like a massive accident that had happened i guess um some person had skidded and hit like a transport truck from the sounds of it so it had backed traffic up like really far on the interstate four right and he's just like sitting there in like piss pouring rain waiting for this traffic to move um and then he sees a woman hitchhiking this woman he sees is eileen warnos Eileen earlier that day had caught about six rides previously and didn't murder a single person. She, <laughs> she, she literally wanted that to be said in her book. Like she said that she had caught rides with people at least six times prior that day, all being 
Johns that she had okay. done work for. Okay. She wants it to be known that she had, up until this point, never killed anybody. Okay, I guess that's... Okay. I, I don't know. That's just that weird. At first, that's like, okay, I hitchhiked I, seven times. I didn't <laughs> kill the first six, but... This is a logic <laughs> she, like, sticks to pretty heavily throughout, like... Okay. All of her, it's, she's actually kind of entertaining to watch interviews of. I, I only got to I'm that curious, after. yeah. She's, she's really interesting. She's an interesting person. That's for goddamn sure. So he sees Eileen. They're, you know, he allows her into the vehicle and they're in the car together now. Eileen says that she was happy to have a ride and be out of the rain because she was trying to get a ride for quite some time. I guess nobody wanted to pick her up. They chatted happily for a bit, according to Eileen. Um, Richard had asked if she minded if he smoked some of his weed in the vehicle. Some ganja. Some marijuana. The devil's lettuce. <laughs> the devil's lettuce. Um, he offered her some. Eileen declined as she claimed she didn't do drugs herself. Which is interesting because just a few years prior in her youth, she was doing uppers and downers, all kinds of drugs. I mean, maybe she was just being smart and not maybe taking she, drugs from random it, people. That's what I took it as. I was like, okay, you know what? In her eyes, she's on the job right now. She's and also trying to make of, money. Yeah. And part of me feels like, I don't know, you are a smart freaking person when you go shit. Go feel, shit. When you go through shit like her and I, you know yeah. when And, and I do want to give credit to like sex workers because they they're probably thinking like, I got to keep a clear fucking head oh yeah because you like i i like kudos to sex workers like i'd fucking snap at some point too mm-hmm. because yeah. it's just like all of these people taking out their wildest sex fantasies on you paying you as if like well you have to do what i say yeah you know and so she probably just wanted to keep a clear head and not do drugs while quote yeah. unquote on the job um, so she declined. She said that she didn't do drugs, uh, but she did accept um, his offer of a drink. Richard always kept booze in his car. <laughs> what a sweetheart. Which, you know He's what? He's prepared for any type this of This is date. like the 80s. Like drinking and driving back then was yeah. not a problem. I mean, a problem. It's a fucking problem. <laughs> but back then it was more normal. Yeah. No, it, I'm not to say that everyone was just like driving around having keggers. That's in their honestly car. what I just pictured <laughs> first. I was like, Oh my God, mom, <laughs> mom. <laughs> but like, it, it wasn't like so much of an issue back then. Yeah. It was a little but bit also, more under the radar. Also Richard for Richard, it wasn't an issue because he went on such ravenous yeah. vendors that this is just his life. Um, so, you know, they're having booze, they're getting friendly, they're getting to know one, one another, they're casually having a smoke and a few drinks while driving. The huge, you know. He did confide in her about some issues with his ex-wife. She claims that in those moments, um, murder was, quote-unquote, of course, the furthest thing from her mind because she actually Damn. empathized with him and the struggles that he had been through, th like, throughout his life. She said that she actually felt for him and that, like, she to some degree kind of felt bad for him maybe yeah. on what he had gone through i don't know like she could possibly maybe relate on some sort of levels yeah yeah um she's noted as saying that she actually felt like a connection to him and thought that he was quite attractive um her, Damn. her exact quote was the fucker was kind of cute <laughs> I, so, i'm so glad she said it like that man her potty mouth is like bad eh <laughs> you think mine's bad she's hilarious to read oh my like, god 
Yeah, she's her potty mouth is just like it's one for the books. That's I feel like she has super true. improper like like just like speaking. I'm, I'm gonna show you like a video. I'll po- I'll post some clips on our Instagram too, like pictures of her like the whole situations. But like I want to post some videos of her talking because she's like, entertaining to watch. I yeah, bet. like yeah. and like the way her like mind works is just she totally does not think she's in the wrong about anything yeah that's for sure um yeah we'll get we'll get there so she felt a connection to him thought he was attractive they're driving well into the night they had at one point actually pulled off stopping at like one of those like just like stopping points okay um on the side of the road uh just off of uh highway one like an on route type thing kind of like okay yeah just like an off point yeah yeah off of Highway 1, they sat there and talked and drank a bit more until about 5 a.m. Jesus. They both agreed that where they currently were, that uh, they had stopped, was far too wide open and exposing for them to have sex and for Eileen to make her money. Because um, they both had kind of, like, entered into that agreement. Right. Of, like, yeah, like, you're getting a ride from me, but also, like, I'm working. Like, hmm. we're going to do this and I'm going to yeah. make some money. Um. Yeah. So... They continued to drive. Richard asked if she was ready to make her money now. Eileen explained what her rates were, and I will quote what her rates were. Um, head for $30, <laughs> straight for 35 I don't know what straight is. I'm going to imagine that's just like regular. Oh, sex? Yeah. Just like I, sex? Yeah. Uh, $40 for 50-50. So I put in brackets here just so that I can explain what 50-50 was. 50-50 to Eileen was half oral and half vaginal penetration or 100 for the hour, which is like all inclusive. Yeah, very good deal. <laughs> a steal, honestly. Honestly, quite the steal. Yeah. Don't even but need I a mean, coupon. If you, if you, you know, use the whole inflation calculator that I looked up, um, it would probably be like double that now, triple that. But I feel like that's still cheap. It's pretty cheap. Yeah, it's affordable. It's affordable. So they agreed on 30 Meaning that she would be giving him a blowjob. That's it, eh? Yeah. They agreed on... That's what he wanted. Okay. That was their agreement. They okay. entered into that agreement. Um, later on in Eileen's testimony, she admits that he did just want the blowjob for 30. That's what they agreed on. So their stories are like matching up and she's like, yeah, we actually did agree that we couldn't have sexual like stuff here. Yeah. So it, it's interesting that like they're yeah. lining up and she's agreeing. Like, I'm not saying I'm swaying to a side or whatever, but yeah. it's just interesting. It, yeah. It's, it makes me feel like, yeah, it makes the, me personally be like, oh, okay. Yeah. Like so she's not lying. The, the part that people get stuck on is that like she changes her like, mm confession a tiny bit not a lot not a lot it just it, but because it changes even slightly right that's what makes people be like she's lying but i swear to god they're like oh well when their confessions are perfectly the same they're suspicious when their confession changes right? a little bit like i swear to god they're like oh the confession was the exact same as the yeah. last one when we asked them a couple days later that's suspicious but then when they're like slightly different oh like oh maybe i you know, recollected it differently. Yeah. They're like, oh, that is so suspicious. I You're feel like, like oh there's just God, no way flag. to there's not no be suspicious. Well, and that's the thing is like, things are always going to be suspicious. Yeah. Don't be suspicious. Don't, Don't be suspicious. suspicious. <laughs> um, I was about to go off on like, the pole. You're like, I can't find Like your arms were going. <laughs> You're like sweating. <laughs> Don't be <laughs> um, Yeah. So that like the agreement was 30 for a good old blow job. They pulled off on Interstate 95, drove up a track that was referred to as Quail Run. 
Nice. Ending in a deserted woodland. Um, they got out of the car. Richard gave Eileen the money. This is, by the way, Eileen's story. Okay. This is also what kind of like, based on like the crime scene, seems like what took place. So we'll, we're going to get to all the details. So they get out of the car. Richard gave Eileen the money. She began to take off her clothes. Um, I, I guess it was normal for Eileen to be naked for these things, even if it was just a blowjob. Like, right. That's what she did. Yeah, um, that's normal. It seems normal. She, she did prefer that the men strip as well. Okay. I don't know if that's something that made her feel safe. I'm not sure. Um, but she's hmm. stated as like she usually would have the men strip. Interesting. Okay. Um, Richard refused, supposedly. And only unzipped his pants. Don't know. Um, Eileen claims that he refused to pay for her anything and that he attacked her, beat her, tied her up, and then forced a blunt object that was in his car into her anus repeatedly. So wait, this happened after he refused to take his clothes off? Yeah. Okay. Um, she claims that due to the like brutality of what he was doing to her. Yeah. Like, Cause he had like pushed her like down into the car and started. Yeah. Putting something inside of her body, sodomizing her. Um, she was certain that he was going to kill her. Um, they'd kind of like wrestled a little bit back and forth and this right. went on for some time. Um, before she eventually like wiggled away mm-hmm. and managed to grab her purse um, he kept kind of forcing himself on top of her a few times. She managed to wiggle away each time. Eileen finally got her purse for sure this time. Um, and this is where she kept her gun for safety. Because okay. She did I wondered always, if she had one for safety. Yeah. She did always carry one, which is like something we had noted like earlier on that she was like arrested once for mm-hmm. like possession of a, a gun. Um, so this is when she finally was able to shoot him. So... She demanded he get out of the car. Eileen had shot Richard multiple times. Once in the upper part of his left arm, I guess it had passed clean through and was then lodged in his rib cage. I didn't really understand how that would possibly make sense unless his arm was like covering his chest. It went clean through his rib cage? His arm and then was lodged into his rib cage. Like if he was like blocking his... Possibly. Yeah, maybe if he's like blocking himself. Yeah. It didn't say... Like it said upper part of his left arm. Hmm. So I'm imagining he went to go like block himself or hide something along those lines. Interesting. Lodged into his rib cage after. Um, She fired off a few more rounds, which wound up in his chest. One one in the side of his uh, neck above his collarbone. Both of Richard's lungs had collapsed at this point. He apparently laid on the ground gasping for air for roughly 10 minutes while Eileen apparently calmly got dressed assessed Richard's things, took what she wanted, watched him struggle. She like Is this according to her? Yeah. This is the story like she sh- tells in her book. Okay. Um it it's rewarded by um like a, a an author with her. I'll I'll share the books. But after. she's like, yeah, I looked at I took his shit. Yeah. And okay. Yeah. Okay. Um watched him struggle. I think she wanted to kind of make sure maybe he was dead. Make sure he was dead. Yeah. Um and yeah, and she watched him wheeze until finally he stopped. Okay. Yeah, that's and that's how Richard goes. There's a lot more we're going to get into about his like the crime scene and yeah. everything. We're going to stop there. Oh, my God. <laughs> it gets 
fucking crazy. I literally can like kind of see it in your eyes that you're like gearing up to stop. I know, but I was like, no. <laughs> Everyone's gonna be like, you fucking. I was bitch. like waiting for more. <laughs> it gets crazy after this. Like, damn. The trial for me is like the most interesting. Honestly, I always find that the most interesting about the cases, like when you get into the details yeah. of the trial and all the evidence and stuff like that. It's so yeah. nuts when like all this stuff is coming together. Oh, I'm so it's, excited. Like her trial is like insane. And like the amount of people that like betray her and turn on her. And yeah. It's, 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 yeah, it's something. Not it's, that she had many people, I feel. Exactly. Like the very few people she did have that she thought I can rely on this person to come through and testify for me and yeah. vote for my character. Like shit gets blown up in her face. Damn. The crime scene, like I'll, I'll go into everything about what the police officers found, but I think we should, we should leave it there. I think that's a good spot to stop. I think. That's gonna yeah leave you wanting. I promise you more. <laughs> I won't research as you're long gonna, as you're you gonna guys go. promise you won't research. People are gonna be like, I don't even want to listen to part two. I'm just gonna find. I'm it. I'm just gonna myself. fucking watch the trials. Like yeah. screw listening to you guys. Um, so I have like a few sources I'd like to share of where I got like all of my information from, which are the first is the book titled Monster. This is written by Eileen and Christopher Barry D helped her with authoring the book a lot of it is in her own words there are like actual like just like you the, the font is in different writing where it's her writing and then christopher writing right in like a more less aggressive sweary right. <laughs> tone because like her wordings i'm gonna read some like you know little bits probably and like pieces super aggressive oh fuck yeah and like the yeah. way she like refers to things like straight up makes you uncomfortable about things like the very I'm first really page excited. where she had like i literally the very first time i had cracked the book open on like page one she it, refers to about how like everyone would fuck her even my own brother fucked me and like when i read that i literally was like i'm gonna throw up she's just super blunt she's super so straightforward blunt. there is love that. no beating around the bush with no. this woman like and she's a scary person like she's capable of a lot like mm -hmm. I, I, and just the murders get she's like probably a lot smarter than we think i think so yeah yeah i i think she's a very like vengeful person and i think mm -hmm. i think the altercation with richard is what sets her onto this path of murder right because oh my god i keep forgetting that there's more there's like six more to come holy shit in my head i was like okay we're going to trial for this no Damn, that there's makes a lot more. more sense now. And there's one body that was never found. Interesting. She, and she, she won't. tried. No, she tried to help them okay. find the body. We'll get there. We'll get there. Okay, yeah, sorry. All right. <laughs> but yeah, like. I guess we'll cut that there. Yeah, she's. Get ready to hear more. And you know what? For the time being, you can sit on that information about her. But I wouldn't make up your mind about her just yet until you make, you know, until you hear the rest of it. Don't be a Jade because Jade has already made her <laughs> mind up like, preemptively oh, of hearing yeah. all of the other murders. Yeah, I like. I mean, I have an opinion. I'm going to save it for part two yeah. on where I lie with everything. I hope we're able to have opinions on this podcast. Unlike, I I'm going to. I feel a lot of other podcasts like try not to have opinions. I know obviously with cases that are still going on, you don't want to get oh, yeah. involved Ongoing cases, legally. Yeah. But I just want to like state now that we will have opinions. Everyone has an opinion yeah. on things just based on how they take in facts and like that's fine to have different opinions as long as we all respect each other's yeah, opinions. Exactly. That's fine. Like, I don't care if someone has a different opinion than me. Yeah. Becky might have a different opinion than me. That's what I love too, is like it, having a different opinion with someone and it's like nice. being able to talk about it yeah. and like explore points that like you probably 
wouldn't have noticed on mm-hmm. your own. I know we'll get there. I yeah. know. I know it's going to happen eventually. Yeah. Like, and hey, if you're somebody who's listening and you're like, oh, I don't agree with that. Like email us, talk to us. Mm-hmm. Like we, we want to like interact with people about these cases because they're so interesting. And I like, like hearing about the things that like people catch that I don't catch Yeah, or that like just, you know, the things you don't think about, like you got to think outside of the box with a lot of stuff like this. And yeah. Yeah. I'm just like curious to see what everyone comes up with, but yeah, no, I'm definitely super excited for yeah. getting to that point yeah. of this, this podcast, but yeah. anyway, well, I guess that's everything for today. Um, I think so. Yeah. Don't know when part two is coming. We're going to try and record part two soon. Soon. Um, We'll keep you in the loop. We 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 want to get it done because we want to be able to drop them close to each other. Yeah. I I think our goal right now is to have like our release days either be on Fridays or Mondays. We haven't really like decided that part yet. Yeah. yeah, We are slowly working on setting up like a Patreon. We'll like keep everyone in the loop on that. That's going to take some time to figure out because i'm not a smart person i need help (laughs) help me and i Um, just let becky do all of this stuff like literally i'm over here like sweating and stressing every detail and jade's like okay have you finished everything i'm like yeah i'll respond to your text when i'm done work becky okay like there have been like days where you just don't answer me like okay i just like 75 i I read them and then i always like text you i'm like okay i read this and i i i I read it no what you've been doing registering it is uh, you'll you'll respond to me but it'll be like yeah, so anyways, and you'll like change the subject. And I'm like, you fucking and bitch. Becky I just hate you like 12 messages. And I'm like, it's fine. It's fine. Whatever. I'm just a little burnt out these days, guys. And that's all I'll say. I'm just you tired. Piece um, of garbage. I'm a piece of shit. I'm a terrible podcast a buddy. literal swamp rat. <laughs> and that's it. <laughs> um. Anyways, so I guess we'll, uh, yeah. you'll hear this episode when you hear it yeah. and hopefully we'll get part two to you guys soon yeah. and that's it for today and if you want to get in touch with us you can reach us on instagram at how to not get killed you can reach us through email at how to not get killed at gmail.com that's okay don't weird. put the ad at the beginning i know i know i know yeah, how to a, not get killed at, at gmail.com at, and then at, at, at um yeah so and that's all we have for now until we get patreon but those are the two platforms you can reach us at mm-hmm. I'm working on a website, but I'm slow. I have a job. I'm learning. I'm doing other stuff. I'm I'm a busy person. We got lives. We got lives. Yeah. (laughs) And that's it. Okay. Should I I say my punchline? My keep it sleazy, motherfuckers. (laughs) No? Yep. No? Well, I was just going to end it there. Oh. (laughs) And I think this is done. (laughs) It's done. It's done. Oh, my God. Bye, guys. Peace.